Welcome to the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to week four of the NFL season. My name is Aaron Larson. You can find me on Twitter at AA Larson, and you can find the show on Twitter at The Process FFP. Quick explanation if you're new here. Every week I break down the slate of NFL games from a fantasy football perspective and try to suggest players that stick out when I go through my process. My process includes looking at matchups, team matchups, individual player matchups, looking at trends and data and opportunities and injuries and everything that goes in to making these decisions in fantasy football. Hopefully it can help you when you're making your start sit calls, you're playing the waiver wire or streaming, if you're making trade offers or even setting DFS lineups. Try to get it all wrapped up in under 30 minutes. So let's get going. I do like to start off with a quick recap of the previous week. So in week three, I said that I liked Carson Wentz. He fell into some production at the quarterback position. QB 11, I'll take it. Uh, we'll talk about him some more later. Joe Burrow, I said I liked in the same game. Quarterback 12, that was good. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I said you could play him against Pittsburgh. He said it might not be the best week, but you could play him. It definitely wasn't the best week. wasn't the worst. Quarterback 18, not great. Uh, for the avoid quarterbacks, I was avoiding Drew Brees. I guess I didn't consider how much he could actually just feed Owen Kamara through the air. Uh, Brees was the quarterback nine on the week. And then Justin Herbert, I said, looked good as a starter in his first week spot starting, but don't uh, trust him in your fantasy lineup yet. Quarterback 20, that was a good call. Running backs, I said that Derrick Henry was my running back one last week. He finished as running back four. I, I'll take that. That's just fine with me. I uh, said to go ahead and play Miles Sanders, full go. And he was he played the full game, running back 21 in the week, not bad. And then I said uh, you could play Miles Gaskin. I said he was playable. I said he'd get some volume, and he got plenty of volume. Running back 23 on the week, pretty good considering he did not get in the end zone. Okay, I was avoiding at running backs. Chris Carson, who finished as the running back 26, really didn't do much. He did get hurt, but that was at the end of the game. Uh, he had you know not done much up until that point. Tariq Cohen also got hurt, uh, but that was also at the end of the game, and he was running back 44 through the week, so uh, another good avoid call there. And then at the wide receivers, I said to avoid Chris Godwin. Oh, not avoid. Ooh, backup. I said I was uh, I was targeting Chris Godwin. He was one of my top receivers last week. Finished as a wide receiver 22, so we'll take that. He got injured as well. Not as many injuries as week two, but still a lot of injuries in week three. So it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. DJ Shark has said you could play with full confidence if he suited up, but he did not suit up. Deontay Johnson, I said, was starting to move ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Deontay Johnson got injured pretty early in that game. Uh, I talked about injuries last week, saying I was avoiding all the hamstring guys. So Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Will Fuller. Well, Julio didn't play, Adams didn't play. Fuller played and did okay. Wide receiver 28, and he appeared to be healthy. John Brown said to avoid him. He got injured, put up nothing. And I said avoid all the Jets wide receivers. Uh, Crowder didn't play. Chris Hogan did nothing. Braxton Berrios got a touchdown. Maybe he can be a desperation guy. He finished as the uh, wide receiver 24 on the week. Tight ends, I was attacking. Uh, Drew Sample for Cincinnati. Thought that that would carry over his previous week getting all those targets in the week two, but that sure didn't happen. He had one catch for one yard. And then I said Dalton Schultz, uh, that would be a good play. He finished as a tight end 23, so not great. My avoids, uh, my avoids last week, I said these are guys that I would play sample or Schultz before these guys. 
They were Austin Hooper, tight end 33, Chris Herndon, tight end 37, Eric Ebron, who he came out uh, pretty good. That was a miss by my by me. Uh, tight end three on the week. And Ian Thomas, tight end 50 on the week. And then I had a question last week uh, for Logan Thomas against Jared Cook. And I went with Jared Cook. They both did almost nothing, but technically Thomas did better. Hopefully that didn't cost a matchup. Again, neither of them were very good. My defenses, DSTs last week, I said the Chargers I liked a lot against Carolina. They didn't do great. DST 23 didn't totally, you know, kill. But uh, my other pick was the Colts defense, and they finished as the DST 1 on the week. So that was a good call against the Jets. Probably a bit of a layup there. My avoids, I said I would play the Chargers or the Colts over the Patriots. Uh, in Well, they finished as a defense three on the week. So the Colts were better. Chargers were not. And the other defense I was avoiding last week was the Bears. They finished as a DST 18. So again, not, not great. Um, okay, let's start talking about week four. So week four, we still have a full slate of games, uh, theoretically. That uh, Tennessee-Pittsburgh game is a little bit up in the air now with the COVID stuff going on, but it sounds like they're going to get it in Monday or Tuesday. So uh, as far as the point totals, the big game of the week, the highest point total at least, is that Atlanta-Green Bay game. Uh, that's the Monday night game, 56.5 point over under on that. So lots of players to talk about there. Uh, the Cleveland-Dallas game is a 56 point over under. Some players there to talk about. Uh, there's Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other games that are over 50 points over under expected. So lots of scoring going on if you haven't noticed yet this year. Uh, and the lowest of the week, the just barely cracked 40-point expected points over under is the Thursday night spectacular Denver against the Jets. Uh, weather, still not a lot of weather at this time of year. Looks like they could rain in Tampa Bay, Miami, or Chicago. So maybe that affects those games, but nothing to worry about yet. Okay, so now let's get on to week four and the recommendations. Okay, here are the players that I am attacking in fantasy football week four. Players that I think are going to be difference makers when it comes to matchups. Starting at quarterback, a fairly obvious one right off the bat, Aaron Rodgers. He's been great. Quarterback seven on the year so far, hasn't turned the ball over. So yeah, if you have him, you're playing him. I just want to highlight the matchup against the Falcons. Uh, Atlanta is giving up the most fancy points to quarterbacks so far this year. They played Seattle, Dallas, and Chicago. So two of those three quarterbacks are pretty good. The other one is Chicago. So Aaron Rodgers should just be able to light them up this week. I have him ranked as my quarterback six on the week. And the only reason he's not higher is because he doesn't use his legs very much. Uh, at least not like he used to and not like a lot of other players in the NFL do nowadays. Next uh, quarterback I am targeting this week is Ryan Fitzpatrick, the magic man. Fitzmagic plays Seattle. Seattle has been getting absolutely annihilated through the air. They've given up the second most fancy points to quarterbacks, so right behind Atlanta. Uh, I have Fitzpatrick ranked as my quarterback 13 on the week, but I could see it going higher than that. His ceiling is definitely top five. He was quarterback 11 and quarterback 6 in the past two weeks. That was against Buffalo who's a you know, fairly good defense, and against Jacksonville. Uh, Miami is probably going to have to be keeping pace with Russ Wilson and Seattle the way they've been playing. So 
he should be slinging the ball all over the place. Last one I want to mention for quarterbacks is Gardner Minshew. I think he bounces back. I'm ranking him as my quarterback 14 on the week. Cincinnati is nothing to be afraid of. Could end up being a bit of a shootout if these teams kind of get their offenses rolling again against uh, not-so-great defenses. Hopefully, DJ Shark is back. That would make a big difference and be a big help. Running backs. Uh, I want to talk about Joe Mixon as an attack candidate. Maybe not this week, but I'm not going to trade away or cut Joe Mixon. We, we went through this exact same thing last year. Last year, for the first three games of the season, Mixon averaged 7.8 fantasy points per game. That was through the first seven games, actually. Over the last nine, he averaged 14.1. So right now, through three games this season, he's averaging 7.9 fantasy points per game. So, yeah, not great. But he is just too talented, and that offense is going to score points. Eventually, some of them are going to start going to Mixon. Uh, He's ranked running back 13 for me for this week, which, oddly enough, is just one ahead of James Robinson, who is in the same game playing against him. I'm playing James Robinson, by the way, over guys like James Conner, uh, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and David Johnson. Miles Gaskin. Uh, I talked about him last week. I said in the recap that he finished as a running back 23 last week. And uh, coincidentally, that's exactly where I have him ranked this week. Uh, that was not on purpose, but that's kind of how it, it fell out. Uh, on the season, Gaskin has 38 carries. Next closest on the team is Jordan Howard with 16. Way big difference there, more than twice as many. He's also third on the team in targets. He has 16 targets this season. The only people with more on his team are Mike Isicki with 19 and uh, Devontae Parker with 17, just one more. So even if Miami is getting uh, blown out by Seattle, he's not going to be game scripted out. I think Gaskin is super safe. The other guy I like, last one to mention here, is Latavius Murray. He had 12 carries last week. He had 15 carries in week one, he's going to be the ball carrying back as long as Thomas is out. Michael Thomas, that is, because they need to use Elvin Kamara in the passing game so much. Plus, uh, in the game this week, they should have a positive run-heavy game script that could be very, very possible against Detroit, where they will be just running the ball over and over and over again. And that would be with Murray before it would be with Kamara. Uh, I did just see, too, that supposedly Leonard Fournette is uh, – and big question of playing this week. So if that's true, Ronald Jones gets a huge bump. But okay, let's move on to wide receivers. First, I want to talk about DJ Moore playing against the Arizona Cardinals. DJ Moore was my favorite wideout through the entire offseason process. I thought he was going to make a gigantic leap this year, and I think he still is. Some of the peripheral numbers are still there. He still leads the Panthers in targets. Yeah, Robbie Anderson has had some bigger plays and has had some touchdowns, but Moore is getting the biggest targets or, well, he is getting the biggest targets. He also has 49% of Carolina's air yards. It's the second biggest chunk of a single team in the NFL. He's tied for the sixth most air yards in the NFL. These are usually signs that a breakout is going to be coming. He's getting targets. He's getting deep targets and he's a very talented receiver. Uh, He has been getting end zone targets this year too. They just haven't quite connected. I think that connection is going to come sooner than later, and I'm ready for it this week. Uh, Okay, Devontae Parker, I kind of mentioned him in passing before. You're going to get a lot of Miami Dolphins on this list because I think it's going to be a blowout. The the Seahawks are all great too, but I think those are obvious picks, the Seahawks receivers and quarterback. But anyways, Seahawks have given up by far the most fantasy points to wide receivers. 
They're giving up about 60 fantasy points per game. That is almost 20 more than the next worst. That is insane. Um, and then Parker obviously should be their number one target, as he has been all year. He played through a, a, a tweaked hamstring last week, and he played all right. Now he has extra rest since they played on Thursday night last week. He should be good to go. And then I did have a question on Twitter uh, between T. Higgins, Greg Ward, and Marvin Jones in full PPR. I am going with Greg Ward on this one. Ward played a career high 11, or had a career high 11 targets last week because the Eagles have no one else to throw the ball to. Deshaun Jackson sounds like he is out with his hamstring. He's at least questionable at best. Jalen Rager, they lost for quite a while. Now they've lost Dallas Goddard for quite a while. Alshon Jeffrey is working his way back, but not yet. Even J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who hasn't shown to be anything good in the NFL, he got dinged up last week. So Greg Ward is going to get targets. If this is a full PPR situation, I'm going with Greg Ward there. I do like T. Higgins, too. It was tough between them. T. Higgins, his snaps have gone up every week of the season. It's only three games, but he's a rookie, so he's getting more involvement every week. And Joe Burrow is just airing it out. So I do like him as well. But if it's full PPR, I'm going Greg Ward. And I don't really like Marvin Jones much this week. On to tight ends. I am playing George Kittle with no reservation if he continues to practice in full. Like he supposed, or yeah, the report today was practiced in full. So don't worry about him. Play him if you got him. That's why you drafted him. Zach Ertz, he could have 20 targets this game. I just talked about how many receiving options are out in Philadelphia. So go ahead and roll out Ertz as a huge tight end. Even in a, a quote-unquote tough matchup against San Francisco, I'm not worried about it. Uh, and then two more guys, TJ Hawkinson. He has been getting more involved each week. His snap share has gone up every week, 66%, 80%, 88%. Year, or last week, he saw a season high in his routes run at 31 and targets at 7 and I saw this on Twitter tweeted out by uh, Zach Henshu of Fantasy Pros. He's one of only four tight ends so far this season to have at least four catches and 50 yards in every game. The other three guys are Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, and Johnny Smith. So good company. Hawkinson's breakout could be coming this week, especially because it's against the Saints. And the Saints have given up the most fantasy points to tight ends so far this year. And that's against Tampa Bay, Las Vegas, and Green Bay. So there's one good tight end in there, in Darren Waller, but the other guys haven't done much besides against New Orleans. So love that play. Speaking of the Packers tight end, Robert Tanyan is a deeper tight end. You can play if you're looking to stream the position or looking for a DFS play. He's clearly the Packers' top tight end. He's had touchdowns in back-to-back -back weeks. The Falcons have been bad against tight ends as well, the second most points given up. So I like Robert Tanyan a lot as, again, He's my tight end 17, so don't go crazy. But if you need a guy that could get a touchdown, I think he's the guy. And finally, DSTs. DSTs you can play this week, defense special teams. Thursday night special, Jets versus Broncos. You can play either of those teams. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Jets defense just because I don't know. I, I didn't know that Brett, Rip, that Brett Rippon was an NFL quarterback until he was basically came in and named the starter. So, uh, but then again, the Jets are pretty much the most dysfunctional offense in the NFL. Either of those teams are good. If possible, give the give your league a quick check. If the Rams defense is available, they are a huge, <laughs> hugely great play this week. Um, they were owned 
Last week, I think in about 55% of Yahoo leagues, now they're up to about 80%. So Daniel Jones has turned the ball over six times. Oh, the Rams play the Giants if I didn't say that. Daniel Jones has turned the ball over six times so far in just three games. So I think Aaron Donald is going to have a, a good game there. Uh, and the Rams defense is going to be a great game. Great defense to play in that game. And one last one, bonus defense here. Seattle, who I've said over and over that their defense has been getting just torched through the air. And they are. But their offense has been torching people in the air. So Miami is going to have to keep up. And Ryan Fitzpatrick trying to keep up could turn into Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing three picks. So Seattle is a nice play if you need to go a little deeper. All right. Those are all the players and situations I am attacking this week. Let's get on to these ones that I'm avoiding. Okay, here are the players and situations that I am avoiding in fantasy football for week four. Starting at quarterback, Carson Wentz, who, like I said, he kind of fell into some fantasy production last week against Cincinnati, but I don't think that happens this week, and I don't think it happens for a while. He's got a brutal matchup with the 49ers, then with the Steelers, then with the Ravens. So he is a full-on drop for me. If you're rostering him anywhere, there's probably better options for at least the next handful of weeks. And then Matthew Stafford, I'm going to be avoiding him uh, just because he's been nothing but okay so far. He's averaged 16.9 fantasy points per game. That's 19th in in the league, and it's been not like he had big spikes and big bad games either. He's been right around there every game. Uh, he did not play much better with Kenny Galladay back. Uh, I, I don't mind Kenny Galladay this week. I think he's a fine play. He can still get a touchdown. Doesn't mean Stafford's going to have a huge game. Same with uh, mentioning Hawkinson earlier. I could see Stafford throwing two touchdowns, but that's not going to win you a fantasy week. Uh, the Lions offense in general has just been bad. 23.3 points per game for the offense. That's the same as the Dolphins and the Jaguars through three weeks. So, Okay, and on the other side of the ball in that game, I still don't like Drew Brees. I Maybe Alvin Kamara saves his day again. The dump-offs to Kamara can probably only go so far, though, right? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, he's my quarterback 17 on the week for my rankings, so I'm not confident in Drew Brees, especially like I mentioned as well. I think these Saints could be a very run-heavy team here. Uh, go up against them or go up, I, yeah, go up on the Lions early in the game. That's what I was trying to say. And then kind of run the game out from there. Running backs that I am avoiding this week. Uh, Antonio Gibson. I still, I'm not cutting him. I'm holding him on my bench for now, but I don't want to have to play him. His snap percentage went back down to 40% last week. He only carried the ball nine times, three targets. And it's a brutal matchup with the Ravens this week. So I don't see the Gibson breakout happening quite yet. Though I am rooting for it. I'm just not counting on it. Uh, Mike Davis, the big waiver wire pickup of the week last week. I'm just, I'm not expecting another top 10 performance. Yeah, I think you can still play him. I think he'll be just fine. He's clearly going to be involved. But if I picked him up last week and I can trade him away, I am doing that as fast as possible to get some kind of value because he's only going to lose value from this point on. Uh, CMC is going to come back within a few weeks, and we're going to start getting those reports pretty soon. So if you want to trade him and get anything back in return that you could use possibly for the rest of the season, now is the time to trade Mike Davis. So if you got him, try to find that trade partner out there. And then Rex Burkhead. I don't know uh, what the whole vibe in the community is for Rex Burkhead, but I'm not excited to play him. He had you know, a 
career best fantasy performance last week. Don't expect something like that again. Sony Michelle actually looked pretty good in that game too. James White is back practicing again. And Damian Harris, who had all the early uh, off-season buzz, preseason buzz, when we had a preseason, that is, uh, he's practicing again too. So it's going to be a crowded backfield, and I just don't trust Rex Burkhead to put up consistent, usable numbers. Uh, okay, wide receivers that I'm avoiding. Again, this is going back to the Baltimore matchup. I'm, uh, It's not a full-on avoid, but I am really bumping down Terry McLaurin. Uh, he is a great receiver. I think he's very much proven that. But the Ravens have been shutting down <laughs> wideouts and quarterbacks uh, you know, early in the year, but they have two shutdown quarters. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson weren't able to do a whole lot. And Dwayne Haskins is not Deshaun Watson. He's probably not even Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes went nuts last week against uh, against Baltimore. Uh, I, <laughs> Haskins is definitely not him either. So not a full fade. I've got him as my wide receiver 18. Uh, but, I mean, if you're like me, I've got some teams where I have two or three receivers that are better than that at this point with no bye weeks going on. Uh, but I get it. If you got to play him, just temper expectations. Julian Edelman. I am avoiding him. He plays the chiefs uh, this week. The chiefs have given up the fewest fantasy points to wide out so far this season through three weeks. We're getting a decent sample size now. So he only caught two of his six targets or 23 yards against the Raiders last week. He did have a huge game in week two. That was against Seattle who, as I've been mentioning, has been getting just torched through the air. I keep saying torched. Uh, yeah, they've been really bad against receivers. So not going to be starting Edelman if I don't have to. And then I mentioned it a little bit before, uh, Marvin Jones. Kenny Gaudet is back. Jones only saw three targets last week. If I'm going to be playing some weapons in the Detroit Lions offense, which hasn't been good, remember, it's going to be Gallaudet or it's going to be Hawkinson because those guys could get a touchdown or two. But Marvin Jones could too. Uh, again, not a full fade. Not saying you have to bench him or drop him. But he is wide receiver 36 for me. So that's like the last wide receiver three. So hopefully you've got better options, especially with no buys right now. Tight ends. Say it every week. It's tough to fade any productive or even semi-productive tight end. I don't even got anybody to, to fade this week. Uh, it's going to be this, the same old Austin Hooper. I think by now most people have moved on. So, you know, take your shot. I, Chris Herndon is not a guy I want to play, but I don't think anybody's playing him. Ian Thomas I don't want to play, but I don't think anybody's playing him. I mean, I'll even play Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, Moali Cox, Robert Tanyan I mentioned. It's just hard to say no to any tight end. It's more about who do you play over the other guys. So DSTs, to wrap this up, the defensive streamer that I like this week. Oh, no, not that I like. The defensive special team that I'm not streaming, that I would be avoiding, is Tennessee. Tennessee Titans, very good defense. They play Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh has you know plenty of offensive weapons, and they could get humming. But the thing I'm more concerned about is the whole uncertainty behind this game. The game is being postponed. Uh, that gives the Steelers more time to prep. And Tennessee, they can't get into their facility until, I believe it's until Saturday. So they are not going to have the full normal time to prep for the Steelers team. We don't even know who's playing because they've had these positive COVID tests. We don't know who it is. It could be a couple defensive 
uh, starters for all we know. So that lack of practice, the lack of just all the, all the uncertainty has me staying away from Tennessee defense. I'll play some of the Tennessee offensive players. Obviously, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis. If A.J. Brown plays, sure. Johnny Smith, sure. Tannehill, sure. But their defense, no thank you. Okay. And that'll do it. That wraps it up. So uh, before I go, I'm going to ask again, please rate and subscribe. Or well, either, both. Subscribe to the podcast. It's going to come up every Thursday morning. Please rate this. Ratings help so much. Reviews help a ton too. If you could give a review, I would be much appreciated. Follow me on Twitter at AA Larson. Follow the show at The Process FFP. I'll keep looking for questions there every week. So thank you and good luck in week four.